All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. And Liam. And, and Liam. Liam. I'm going to start jumping in in the intro. I think you should. Every time it comes on and it goes DoorDash, I just have the instinct to say ding dong. Please. Ding dong. Ding dong. <laughs> Thank do you. It, play it again. I'll do it. All right. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, right. a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour straight. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to start totally worth that it. out in the middle of the podcast as a value add for DoorDash. Ding dong. In the middle of making a point about last night's game against the Minnesota Wild. Ding dong. Oilers <laughs> Nation Radio, episode 9056. 248. Cam's in for Rick, by the way. Cam is here. Rick is not. Dan is here, but he's on the TV. Liam and Tyler, they're both in their chairs. Right the I couch. am behind the board, pushing the intro. You're listening to Oilers. Just kidding, Tyler. <laughs> I wonder if anyone, as soon as they heard that first, like, little, like, you're, and they just hit 15 seconds ahead, like, fuck. Yeah, um, probably. Do you, do you think we could get an intro, intro custom made for each variation of people we might have on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, I think so. So we, it's like, we have the technology. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We just have like a fill in the blanks, almost like a, uh, we just need the robotic AI voice to do it all. Um, I never talk smack, but in the original taping of that intro, it says Dan and Rick and Tyler and bag milk. And I took out all the ands except for the last one. Ah. And tell magic. Wait, did you change? Wow. You wanted to be listed first. (laughs) Dan, can you just put the ands back in and take out our names? Third. Liam's not even in it. No, he's not. And he's a regular on the pod now. Yeah. All right. It's another day. Typical British discrimination. English. 
Ding dong. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Lots to talk about tonight. The Oilers had a rough one last night in Minnesota. We'll get there eventually, but first we're going to kick it off with the delicious debate for our friends at Oodle Noodle and DoorDash. Liam, please. Ding dong. Oodle Noodle. 18 locations is counting as the brand new one down in Calgary opened up a couple of weeks ago. Now, if you are down there or you know somebody down in Calgary, tell them to go eat something good for once. They've been eating garbage. For most of their lives, now Oodle Noodle is down there and they can get something delicious. Tyler, what is our delicious debate for the Tuesday episode of Oilers Nation Radio? Well, the Oilers looked a wee bit flat against the Minnesota Wild. So the question is, should Jay Woodcroft consider changing up the look of the top six debate? Uh, Yes. I I just, but like, again, I want Leon and Connor separated and I've wanted them separated from the time they got put together. So like, that's an obvious one to me. Yeah, me too. Like, I just think your you, your top six, your forward group lacks a lot of depth when you load up the big three onto one line. And if in a vacuum of a one game sample, it's like, okay, sure. You really need to win a game. You load it up fine. And for a couple of games, you know, Nugent Hopkins can produce some offense and that's great. But I think you need to split up 29 and 97 if you want to have any sort of consistency going forward. So a refresher, boys, here's what we had yesterday against the Wild. It was Drysaddle McDavid Hyman. Yan Mark, Nuge, Yamamoto. Liam, what do you think about that top six? What was it again? Sorry, Hyman, Yammo, and... It was Drysaddle, McDavid, Hyman. Drysaddle, McDavid. Okay, so... Yan Mark, Nuge, Yammo. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing him split up, especially tonight when they play a team that Leon Drysaddle absolutely dominates. Like, is there any need to have two guys like Drysaddle and McDavid on the same line for, this, for tonight? Like, and even... Last night too, that top line got shut down and then everything else just kind of fell apart around it. So I think you're spreading things out a little bit more, making your team up deeper. I'm not sure how I would do it. I don't know if I would mess with like the bottom six, which seems weird to say after what they've done so far this season. But I think the last little run, like that third line of Puyavi, Holloway and um, Hamlin have been pretty solid. And then Clem Shady's bringing a bit of spark to the fourth line too. Like they're actually creating chances now. It was Derek Ryan two goals in his last three or whatever. Like Clem Shady on the top line that doesn't tempt you. I kind of it, it definitely does, but I also like the fact he's just better than other fourth liners in the league, and he's clearly sh- like I think he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. Here's what I would try. I would flip Nuge and Drysaddle. So then you fir- your first line has got Nuge, McDavid, Hyman. Second line, I'm flipping Yanmark and Costin. So I've got Klim Shady, I've got Drysidle, and I've got Yamamoto. That I was, was my new top six. I was similar. I went Dry, Nuge, Yamo, second line, Costin, McDavid, Hyman, top line. Dan, what do you think? Um, I, I'm still of the mindset that I want to see duos. Uh, I have a, a feeling, and I don't know if you guys see it the same way I do. I just have a feeling that either McDavid or Dreisaitl are like banged up right now and are playing through something. And so they're wanting to pin them together. I don't know. That's just my sense of it. Um, so it, like, I don't see that there, there's going to be any change at the top. I think is, is the only thing that, that they've talked about not moving Yamamoto up to the top line now instead of Hyman. So I, like, I just, I don't see it changing. I, I'm okay with the duos for now, just because of the makeup of this lineup with as much injury trouble as we're having. Kunzi, what do you got? I really feel like this would have been the perfect time for them to grab Eli Tolvanen on waivers, just because it would have been like, all right, pick him up for this back to back here. You're going to go play Nashville. It would have been his former team, of course. 
and he would have just popped off and then you can throw him on waivers and somebody else can deal with it. That's what I just seen. You see the schedule and you're like, that would have been a perfect fit. But yeah, I think Tyler, you mentioned already, it was the second line that features drives Edel Nugent Hopkins. Yamamoto was one that had so much success in the past. And when we haven't really seen use that much like i remember it was 2019 20 after new year's they brought yamamoto up and that line just crushed it and it seems like if you're loading the top line isn't working then make that your second line because you've had things have gone pretty well for the bottom six there's that kind of kid line with um hamblin pulley holloway they've been killing it the fourth line seems to have some chemistry they're scoring goals i wouldn't move them around it's just really that one change to get mcdavid and dry apart that's the that's the big thing for me i just think the others are better overall when those two are separated like it's fun to watch them together on the power play. Yeah. Or in the final minute of a game. Yeah. yeah like or I like agree. after a penalty or something like that, like all of that makes sense to me. Like what Pittsburgh would back in Crosby and Malkin's primes. That's what Pittsburgh did. They never played together full time. It was like after a PK, the other team's top guns are tired. Boom. You hit them quick with the duo. Yeah. I think it's better that way. Why do you think, Obviously, the Oilers need wins, but why else do you think Woodcroft is just leaning on it so heavily? Do you think right they, the players themselves, those two, want it? Yeah, I think they're demanding it. They're like, we have to play together. We we need to just make it happen. Please figure out the other lines. Maybe demanding it, me not Preferred? demanding necessarily. I don't think that that was probably an unfair way for me to say it, but like requesting it, being like, we we'd like this right now. I, I wonder so. if Jay Woodcroft doesn't have much agency here. And then when well, like I think they start ripping off say, 30 points in a span of five, six games, yeah. it's kind of hard to go away from Dan. Go ahead. Well, and I was going to say bag milk to your point. I think that like, this is something that, you know, we've, we've probably passed the prime of, of the duo together. And I don't know if Woodcroft has many other options that he feels like he can go to without upsetting those two as well. A big problem is obviously like if the others have a Vander Kane in the mix, then a lot of this doesn't probably happen or even matter. You know, I forgot I mean? about him. Yeah. Like if Evander Kane's healthy, he's either playing with Connor or Leon. Chances are they're not going to have Connor Leon McDavid all together, but maybe Connor Leon Kane. Okay, sorry. They did that in the playoffs yeah. a little. Yeah, they did. Yeah, like, against Calgary that line. Yeah, they did. Yes, that's true. But I, I just don't know if that happens right now. But even then, like at least that gives you the depth of like Hyman goes to the second line and you don't have Yanmark in your top six and things still feel a little bit more full. I think with your injuries right now, that's a big reason why you have to split them up because you just need more from more lines on a more consistent basis. Evergreen. We've been having this conversation for like five years. Like honestly, I feel there are some days and maybe this isn't good for like podcast promo. There are some days where I feel like we talk about the same stuff uh, that we did like three years ago. It's like, ah, the scoring also Pugliarvi and his cleft bomb coming back. <laughs> Can I have to do a podcast confession? Yep. I'm just kind of, I just, I just kind of want him to get traded just so the first part of the argument is now over. Yeah. I wanted to either get traded or just score. One of the two is fine with me. Um, yeah, then I'm he's going to score, and I'm then really, the conversation will be like, well, oh, trade him while his value's hot. But sure, even, trade even, him. Even when he gets traded, though, everyone, especially if he winds up on a team like a Carolina or something, it's going to be just like with Ethan Bear. Everyone's going to be like, oh, like he had this game. He just picked up an assist and played 12 minutes and outshot his opponents 9-5 to five at even strength. Maybe, and it's going to be just so exhausting. Maybe I'm in the minority on this, but when Ethan Bear got traded, I literally did not care. Like not to be rude, but I just like didn't have any emotional attached to bear 
those numbers just didn't bother me at all, what people were throwing out there. But with Paul Yavi, it seems a little different because he actually has some, like, fun personality to him. Not that bad doesn't, but, you know, like, there's not many people got Bison King running around this league, you know. I have a question that something that didn't happen three years ago. Please. It's something I've thought about a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is Does it James- have to do with Zootopia? Mm, no, there's no bisons in Zootopia, actually, now that I think about it. So, I did see a bison. I went why? To, you, you sent him in the wrong way, Bag Milk. <laughs> I went to a Bass Pro Shop in Calgary the other day. Wow. Massive bison in there. Yeah, pretty cool. It is truly, and we haven't talked about this three years ago. Yeah, this is... <laughs> This is not my point. What does this have to do with Zootopia? <laughs> Get to the Oilers question. There was a moose there too. Um, James What do you call a flock of moose, Liam? <laughs> Whatever. A flock of mooses. They don't have mooses in England. There's no wildlife there. Just reindeers. Is there? Yeah, we have reindeers. I thought there was no wildlife. You we have reindeers, bears. foxes. And the Queen's... Bunnies. Uh, yeah. Can you say that again? And the Queen's swans. And corgis. Get to the Oilers question. <laughs> James Hamlin, <laughs> here to stay. Yes or no? No. You don't think so? He's just no. the Ryan McLeod replacement. He's then like why that. did they send down Benson and not Hamlin? Because Benson's not that good. Well, Hamlin plays center. I so think he fits perfectly no, with McLeod. Exactly. Plays. So Hamlin right now is a third line center playing well with Holloway and Paul Yavi. So why would they send him down when guys get healthy? Kay. I hate to say this, but I think Devin scores the guy who goes oh, down. Okay. But when both Fogel and McLeod are back... Yeah. Two guys have to come out of the lineup. I would take, sorry, Fogel and McLeod. Yeah, they're both back. What do you do? Sure. Okay. Are you Malone. taking out? You, mm, Malone it's okay. Out of the lineup. I'll allow it this time because oh, I'm sorry, with him on that. I thought you meant out of the roster. No, no, out of the lineup. Because you're not going to healthy scratch Hamblin. Shore's your 13th forward. Malone goes down. Why are you not healthy scratching Hamlin? They've already done it. Because I think you just want him playing. He's not very experienced. That's fair. I think he is quickly becoming like the first call-up, though. Yeah. I'm assuming now that Yanmark and Carson are just here to stay. Can't afford Yanmark Kane once Kane's back. back. I assume but that's why you trade yeah. Poyavi, too. Yeah. But anyways, we'll what I'm getting that. at here is, <laughs> so you need to clear up two spots. Malone goes yeah. down. Shore comes out of the lineup. You need to send down one more player who's playing. You're not sending Costin, Holloway, mm. Pugliarvi, Yanmark, or Ryan. So it's Hamlin. Well, well, we'll just cut that pot out. <laughs> here's another thing. Here's another thing to consider, and I'll I'll, I'll stand up for Liam here because I feel like he was getting bullied a little aggressively by Tyler. There, <laughs> is we always have this discussion when the Oilers are fully healthy. What does it look like? Well, what if they're never fully healthy? What if somebody else gets hurt? And the question just answers itself. I mean, the way the season's gone, yeah. it feels very likely that somebody else is going to get hurt pretty quick. That's yeah. what we, we kept talking about with Kane. It was like, oh, yeah, Kane's hurt. So, like, all these guys will get chances. Then all of them got injured. Yeah. <laughs> well, because there's that also... Some, true. So, Fogel has to come back in. Kane has to come back in at some point. McLeod has to come back in. That is, by Uremchuk math, a lot of money. Well, you just got to think back to the beginning of the season, right? When they were running exactly 18 skaters. And they couldn't afford Yanmark. They had 162 bucks in cap space. And it's going to be similar, right? You're going to have to bite the bullet and put Yanmark back on waivers unless you move Pugliarvi. Could you flip a guy like a Yanmark for a pick or something? You think anybody does that? Would you want to? I don't know. I'm just asking. I think think someone would. I I see. I wouldn't do it from an oil. Like if someone was like, hey, we'll give you a sixth for him. I'd probably. And then in that case, he'd probably just get claimed on waivers. 
I would you know you're run, just getting future considerations for it. I would just want to run him through waivers because his value as a potential call up is greater than maybe getting like a random guy for him would be. Do you remember Can, at the start of the year when we discussed a restaurant doing the cap special? Yep. What would the, how much would the cap special be right now, Coombs? Be an expensive one if it went. So go to the bottom. How much money do they? How have? much money do the others having cap space right now? Well, this is confusing because they also have the overage from the long term injured reserve. Oh. So projected cap space is zero dollars. Oh, current cap space is one thousand five hundred ninety dollars and five hundred. Better be worth. Sorry, it. no, I read that completely wrong. It's one point five nine two million five hundred. Yeah. Wow. So they could. Uh, yeah, get what was that special we came up with, Liam? I can't remember what it was. Because they had exactly $162 in cap space. So I said a restaurant should do a special. Like your whole family can eat for how much cap uh, space. My whole family have. can eat for $1.592 million. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Otherwise, we got to, you know what? This inflation, inflation, am I right? <laughs> yeah. In this economy. Mm. So no, Hamlin's not here to stay. No. That's a shame. I think he's, he's looked quite good. <sighs> I think fine, but like he hasn't been like. Out of this world. Game I think if you're in a, like a, a team that's like legit, legit, if the others were on top of their game, I don't think Hamlin's anywhere close to the roster. Unfortunately, probably not. That's not a shot at him. It's just, you know, I mean, if we did want to entertain the idea of what this forward group looks like, like if everyone is healthy, it does actually start to look pretty interesting from my perspective. So you got Kane, you McDavid, Hyman, Shirt, Nuge, dry, dry Yamo, yeah. yep. Fogel, McLeod, Puyavi, Klim Shady, Hamlin, Derek Ryan. Did I miss someone? Holloway. You're missing Holloway. He's gone, yeah. So, yeah, maybe maybe he's back in the NHL. That's fine. Maybe that's your option. Maybe they should play. Because then you get the depth down the middle with Hamlin, too. Because I think you're a little bit easier scratching Hamlin here. I don't think there's a tremendous amount of long-term growth like there is with Holloway, where you're like, maybe, okay, this guy playing seven minutes a game isn't as ideal. I'm just spitballing. Yep. No, that's fair. Cool. There's a lot of good ideas going on here. We're, maybe we should coach the team. At yeah, some point, mm. they need to just ask for our advice. Yeah. Just have a guest coach night where we come in and we host the night. That's it. We just want one night. Yeah. And we'll tell, we'll tell Woody what's up. And if the team starts on time because of our motivational speech, we stay around. We should oh. just have this screen here put up behind the bench. And it's all of us sitting in this room talking. And we're like, all right, guys, here's a line combinations. This is what makes sense. We've looked at the numbers. We figured it out. And the players on the team would be like, yeah, you're right. We'll go. We'll do it. I'm sure that's how they'd react. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. how they'd react. That's, uh, you know, watching from a distance. Always right. I would just set off a, a small explosive device in the middle of the locker room that shot smelling salts into everybody's jerseys. Mm. I just walk into the room with a big ghetto blaster. Yeah. Norwegian death metal. Yep. Right from the time I walk in. And as I'm giving the line combos, the death metal is still playing and I'm screaming in their faces Mm -hmm. and they're getting scared. They're getting jarred by my passion. Yep. You could wear the uh, propaganda vest that Tyler and I just saw outside of McDonald's. No, you definitely don't want that. I mean, maybe that one. I mean, it might work, whatever it takes. It just shows I'm a hard as fuck. I'm wearing that. If I'm wearing that, that vest, you know? Yep. I'm just putting that out there. I want to know what kind of line combinations you guys are looking for from the Oilers. Obviously, by the time you listen to this, Nashville game probably is underway and you'll know who's playing where. But I still want to hear from you. ON Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Please let us know what you think. Should Connor and Leon be together? Should they be split up? Should they never play together again on the same line outside of power play instances? Perhaps. Maybe not. 
Cam, final thoughts? Uh, I just noticed this tweet here that says, just getting Pugliarvi's, and I know this isn't what we want to talk about, but I saw it. Just getting Pugliarvi's $3 million off the books would be an internal win for the Oilers, says Daniel Nugent Bowman. And I read and, that this morning. And Bob Sto- or sorry, Frank Saravalli was on with Bob Stoffer today and said, as it sits right now, the Oilers would likely have to add a sweetener for that to happen. Would they, at what point then, if this is where they're at? I'm not saying this is me, so I uh, this isn't me, me talking. This is thinking in their spot. All right. So Pooley RV people, please don't murder me. Yes. Would they throw him on waivers if they consider just losing his money a win? Ooh, when, th- think about when a Fogel or a, a McLeod comes back and you're like, someone's got to go. Is it Hamlin going to go down? Is it Holloway? If they want to get rid of this guy's money so bad, are they just going to chuck him on waivers and hope someone takes him? I, what is the savings if he did that? Let's just follow it down the road. 1.1 mil. So you would still be on the hook for whatever that is. 2 million bucks. 1.9. Yeah. So I don't think it's out of the question that they would consider that Coombsy. I just also think there's a part of them that one still look at him and go, okay, he can play on your third line. He doesn't hurt you. Right. And also if he has a good 20 games, like a team at the deadline should see a bit of value in him as like, a, okay, we're making this deal with Edmonton. We're getting a first round pick for our rental D man. And they just want us to take pull RV. We got to see if he fits in with our system for two months. It's a free lottery ticket, that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd be pretty shocked if they throw him on waivers. I think like, I'm, I'm not going to say that I'm one of those like stands who thinks his like underlying numbers means he's this hidden gem. He's a fine player, but I, I think throwing a, a competent NHL roster player on waivers right now after the Oilers isn't ideal. They don't have quite enough depth to warrant that. Well, cause you could also think of it just, could you get maybe two players for that money where they're depth players on the fourth line and maybe a third pairing guy for that kind of money? Maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, like as much as I appreciate the underlying numbers, I appreciate the XGFs. I appreciate the shot totals. I appreciate the shot suppression, but at the end of the day, the two numbers that really matter right now are 3 million bucks and one goal. I don't appreciate expected goals for, I, I, I don't trust it. I, yeah, I don't trust it. I think there's oh, I'm just, not saying I trust it, but like you understand it, right? Somewhat. I, not I, I just, really, I don't know. I I'm, I'm skeptical of those models because I wasn't there with whoever was making it and what went into their methodology. What did they think is a good chance and why the other thing? And I'll, I'll never, <clears throat> Forget this, Paul Maurice, when he was on the DFO rundown, it was the first ever episode we did. And he said his problem with those public models and the reason why they, you know, started an internal analytics front um, is those models, a lot of the time, will take Connor McDavid on a clear cut breakaway. He deeks, he gets a shot from just outside the blue paint, technically, right? Because he deeked, and let's say the goalie stops it. Okay, that is weighted as like this kind of a scoring chance in those models versus Brad Malone on the doorstep firing a rebound into the goalie's stomach. Same same quality chance with a guy draped on his back, hooking him as he lobs it towards. They're, they're graded the same. So that's why I kind of have a problem. Like, okay, Pugliarvi, these expected goals are great. Okay, so when he came down the wing on that game, I think it was against Minnesota or New York, and he just had a clear-cut look, and he let go of a shot from just inside the faceoff circle, fell down and the puck went into the corner. It's a shot that went wide of the net, but he shot it from a dangerous area. So it's a good scoring chance. And it's like, well, it's not. And that's why I don't fully trust these things. Like I just, sometimes I think the public data is very skewed. I don't, 
I actually, I don't disagree with anything you said. I just like to use those kind of numbers as you watch the game, you pop over to yep. Matt's stat trick and go, yeah, that makes sense. But I, I see, and I like the five on five shots for and yeah. shots against. I like the five on five Corsi numbers, even in a nutshell, just when it's brought to like the expected goals. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God. You can like, also, I mean, the thing is, is with all this information available, you see a player like Poole Yarby, and this is relevant, I think, somewhat to the Evan Bouchard discussion too, is you can look at these numbers and you see the shot numbers are so much better than the goal numbers and the expected goal numbers and the actual goal numbers are so different. Your analysis can end at, it's just luck. It's just bad luck. Yes, it could partially be bad luck, but you have the means to take then qualitative research and look at the video highlights and ask yourself, was this actually bad luck yeah. or is the player doing something wrong? Like the analysis is just slightly incomplete. It's just a little. Well, you can't have one without the other. You yeah. can't watch the yeah. game. You can't just look at the data in those spreadsheets and be like, that's the be all end all. It's black and white. Mix it together. Like you can create good, thorough, in-depth analysis. If you watch the players, look at the numbers and then take the numbers and go back and watch it again in slow motion. That's how you get a complete analysis. It's not one or the other. It's everything. And a lot of those things they don't take. I talked about this with Nick Alberga on Better Late Than Ever last week. A lot of those don't take into account any humanizing of players in any league ever. Yeah. Right. Like I think of Evan Bouchard where some of the numbers weren't necessarily in his favor. You knew the guy was gripping the stick because he had no confidence in his game. And then all of a sudden he scores one and then he's got three in a matter of two games all of a sudden it goes well see well he started feeling was, better about his own game and it was also like okay so he, he went through that like three game stretch where he had a million block shots right everything was going into shin pads everything was going into lanes and you're right coomzy people were just like bad luck it's like you're that's an incomplete piece an incomplete way to look at this you can say bad luck well, no, he needs to make like an adjustment in his game. If he keeps doing the same thing, he's going to keep just firing pucks into shin pads. He wasn't just fighting bad luck. He was putting shots into traffic areas and not finding lanes or just recognizing there might be a better play. And then to your point, he was gripping the stick. He was obviously in his head that like, oh my God, everything's getting blocked. You get a couple through, maybe that's where the luck comes in, but also he makes an adjustment. He's getting it off his stick a little bit quicker. He's staying a little bit further back and letting lanes open up. Could you imagine if the coaching staff just like looked at these numbers and they were like, that's ah, just bad luck. That's why he keeps shooting it at the shin pad. We're not going to go any further into this. We're not going to go into the video room and work on this. We've, yeah. We found the conclusion. That's so why I'd love to see. Like, it'd be amazingly interesting to see what a team's internal numbers look yeah. like. Cause I've talked to, I've talked to Gregor about it. I've talked to Frank Saravalli about it and they've seen some of them and they're just so vastly different than what we just have on a, what is a great resource in that stat trick, but yeah. it's the best one. I think not, necessarily totally complete i guess yeah and i you hear that all the time when you talk to guys like frank and then around on the inside like some of these public numbers that people like to throw get laughed at in the industry because it's like they're not even close they're just scraping data from nhl.com and like natural stature again i love that site i use oh, it fantastic use it all the time 10 times a day um, but like you need to take that public stuff with a bit of a grain of salt because it's not done precisely and specifically for the oilers game that you are watching it's it's just data. You need to dig through it a little bit more. Again, going back to the numbers that matter right now, pertaining to yes, Pugliarvi, one goal, three million bucks. Less goals than Brett Kulak. Less goals than Derek Ryan. You know? How many goals does Jordan Greenway have? Jordan Greenway has one. Had a lot to say last night. Had a lot to say. We'll get, yeah. So if you want to jump into that, Liam, it was, it, let's just talk about last night's game. It was painful. First, I want to tell you about Soho. 
Check out our friends at Soho, yegsohoyeg.com. There you will find all of their promos, their deals, their events they got coming on. And me, as somebody who's been there several times, can tell you, if you want a pizza, you pop in there. It's delicious. The pepperoni pizza, that'll fill you up. I promise you. You Better bring an appetite because that baby's huge. How many flavors do they have? Endless? I don't remember how many flavors they had, but I've had three of their pizzas now so far. And they're all amazing. Yeah. Did you know, Liam, on Oilers game days, when you go to Soho, one, they got the game on a 100-inch screen, but wow. also $8, you know what it gets you? Pint and a slice. Ding dong. You didn't even let me guess. Pint and a slice. Good guess. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Any kind of pint? Uh, honestly, I don't know. Go in and check it out. Check them out. Why not? Swing on by, Liam. Have you not been there yet? No, I never go to any nation event somehow. Just never, just every time they come up, I just got Never a priority. Yep. <laughs> you would just rather Do you guys be remember else. the song, uh, I think it was by the <laughs> Pussycat Dolls? That was like, oh, John Ho. Every time you say so, that's all I think of. I wonder if that could be a theme song for them. Uh, I thought you were going to go into loosen up my buttons, baby, <laughs> which I also Ooh. think of when I go to Soho because I just crushed an entire pizza by myself. So I am loosening up my own buttons. Thank you. See how I did that, Tyler? Liam just pulling off of the, uh, what was that soundtrack? The Slumdog Millionaire soundtrack. Yeah, that, that was, I couldn't remember what movie it was, but I could see them all dancing in my head. <laughs> That's why I imagine the, the atmosphere at Soho is like. A lot of dancing. It is every time. Yeah. Festive. Well, it is the season. Let's talk about last night's game against Minnesota. <laughs> Arguably one of the most boring games I've watched in quite some time. The Oilers only must mustered 21 shots on net. That's a season low for them. They had six shots in the second period, six shots in the third period. Just not near good enough. Tyler. They just keep getting these looks from good spots and, and they decide they want to pass it into the net. And when it works, like on Friday against Minnesota, when Nuge gives Drysaddle that beautiful tic-tac-toe and he slams it past Flurry, it's great. But then you have a night like last night where Flurry didn't look good. There were a couple chances that he was kind of bobbling. And I think about that one shot from Drysaddle where Flurry was lucky that he managed to get a stick on it, quite frankly. And they, you should look at those and be like, hey, throw everything on net tonight. Let's even the Hyman goal, right? Like a rebound that just ends up sitting right on your tape. Real quick before you move on. <laughs> In what fucking world or universe did someone on the Minnesota wild bench think that was goalie interference? Well, but that's, they're a victim of like who the fuck knows what goaltender interference is anymore. If you look at the, like during that replay, even Louie and Jack were kind of breaking it down. And at the last second, then they noticed that the butt end of the stick got hit like it. So I I just think it's like, shoot your shot at this point because the referees don't know. I think, I I think that's a great point, Dan. Like if you see a play and you're like, Honestly, who knows? If you believe in your penalty kill, why not? And if your penalty kills 80% and you're like, yeah. it's 50 50, this gets called back, just go for it. That's a well, that presents a different problem entirely. <laughs> is there's just no consistency in what is and is yeah, not. How about Zach Hyman? Three wow. goals, three challenges in a row. Ultimately, last one's last night's counted, but the poor guy just goes to the top areas. Going up. That is true. laugh when they were like, no goals in his last 10 games. Is that a couple? Is that a couple? Well, it's too bad. 
Shout out to our review god, Jeremy Cooper, who nailed his chance. Is that guy just way better than all of us at watching hockey? Because like he just snipes offsides like instantly. Oh, you you know he's the most boring boy. person to watch a hockey game with because he's just looking for any little review to grab later on in the play. I felt so confident in that Jeremy Cooper review last night because they showed Jay Woodcroft on the bench and he was just standing there full confidence. The uh, They even called out on the broadcast, didn't they? They were like, and that's a man that knows he's going to win this challenge. <laughs> he gets his little smirk on you, right? He gets like a little cocky. He's like, ah. No, well, it was I a feel like that was though. so obvious. Like, yeah, I was. just don't know how they miss this shit anymore. Happens quick. I guess it does. But also, like, there was the one in New York where was it McLeod kind of poked Panarin's stick or like put it in the area and you could clear like even if you kind of just think it is I think you should call it rather than waste everyone's time and do an offside no it's the opposite it's always played you always err on the side of uh just keep it on side because then if it's a goal you can always bring it back if you kill the chance the chance is dead yeah fair enough more offense so just going back to last night's game Dan I want to start with you just are there any takeaways from last night's game or do you just flush it and move on I mean, it's again, it's another effort from Stuart Skinner that you're you're wasting, arguably. Um, and that's a that's a frustrating thing. But at the same time, you know, now you've got Stuart Skinner kind of locked in and and the guy that you can consistently go to. Well, especially while Jack Campbell's struggling as much as he is. Cam, any takeaways from last night against Minnesota? Not really. It just seems like the wild loss to the Oilers on Friday. And they're like, all right, the playbook on Monday is we're going to clamp things down and make this a really boring Early 2000s Jacques Lemaire, Jim Dowd, Wes Walls era Minnesota Wild thing. And it was unwatchable and gross. And I'm happy we're not seeing the Wild again this year. Knock on wood, they don't meet them in the playoffs because that would fucking suck. I hate the Wild. Yeah, I thought it was very boring. (laughs) They're not wild at all. They're boring. There is no wild Monday night for the Edmonton Oilers. And... Yeah, thank God we have to see those guys again. How many... I I said this to Bag Milk on the couch before... They, the others have had so many boring games this year. Yeah, so many. It's, it, I don't get it. I don't know how you have the two most entertaining players in the league. And I th- think it's at least four times now there's been an absolute snooze fest. There's some games where you look at the schedule. I don't really remember it happening. Like, I don't really remember them losing 3-1 to the Kings. Or them losing 2 nothing to the Blues. What? That was oh, yeah, a Saturday that, that afternoon. Was, that no, oh, that one, was one of the afternoon games. That was one nothing. Ah, yeah, because there's an empty netter. Antoneta. Maybe I just have a terrible memory. <laughs> I remember them all. Maybe I'm just showing my ass here. I don't know. Wasn't <laughs> the LA Kings game the one where Edla attacked oh, McDavid? Yeah, it was on a Wednesday dangerous. after the road trip. Oh, yeah, you're oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Stuck his knee up. It's coming back to me now. Never mind. Take it back. It we'll, happened. We'll delete that, that part, too. too. Yeah, you can yeah. delete. Just delete everything I've said on the podcast. Let's restart. Hit the intro. <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> Want me to clear the intro? Okay, one sec. You're listening to Oilers Nation. <laughs> Tonight, Oilers back in action. No time to dwell on last night's loss. Nashville Predators in Nashville tonight. Uh, if you saw Jay on Instagram, he is wearing a Leon Dreisaitl jersey and a sash that says Mayor. <laughs> so he's prepped for tonight. What are you expecting <laughs> tonight against the Predators, Tyler? That uh, Leon Dreisaitl is just going to shit on them again. Like, I mean, what else is there to expect at this point? The guy. Leon Dreisaitl in 21 games played against the Nashville Predators has got 20 goals and 10 assists for 30 points. 30 points. That's not so bad. in the last three seasons, he's played them seven times. He has 14 goals and seven assists in those seven <laughs> games. In Since the year 2010, 
There have been 647 NHL players who have played at least 10 games against the Nashville Predators. Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl have the best points per game out of all 647 of those players who have played at least 10 games against the Nashville Predators since the year 2010. So for our friends at Betway, ding dong. Here's what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> Let me know what you think to the betters on the podcast. My player prop is just Leon Draisaitl. This was one of their boosted bets. Leon Dreisaitl to score one plus goal, one plus assist as plus 200. To me, I was just like, mm-hmm. might as well just start spending that already. I like uh, yeah. going on Betway. Leon to go two plus points, Oilers to win plus 200. I also have Leon to score three plus points. Just a little cheeky one as well. Plus 300. That'll be my risky business. How absurd day. is it that Connor McDavid to get three plus points is plus 165? It's why it's, <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense to me. Let me make money off 97 Betway. Like, I know he's running at a two point per game clip right now, but like, come on, come on, Betway. come on, man. That's too easy. I'm just trying to pay for Christmas here. Come on. Here's something interesting. So it's yes. widely known that Nashville's Leon Dreisaitl's favorite opponent, but he's not even a high scoring team. He's playing against. No. Season. Yeah. It's the, Can I guess it. I mean, I, I don't know the answer to this. Okay, yeah, I, I have a few interesting trivia ones. Who do you think is his most points all told against any team in is his it, career? Isn't it Anaheim? Uh, I'd say Calgary. I was going to say Calgary. It goes Calgary number one is 52 points, then Vancouver 46, then Winnipeg because of all Canadian division, right? And then it's Anaheim, 31 points, 25 games. But the one I was going to bring up is he has nine points in three games against Seattle. Holy. (laughs) Speaking of things I don't remember happening, I have no memory of him putting up those huge games. I actually have no memory of the Oilers ever playing the Kraken. The The one I remember the most was last year, right before Christmas, when Jess Pugliarvi had COVID and he got left in Seattle. (laughs) Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah. Should have left him there for longer. Oh, Tyler, how dare you? Sorry, cheap shot. I'm sorry. Dan, when you're looking at the Nashville Predators tonight, second half of back-to-back, what are you expecting from the Oilers? Well, I mean, it's a second half of the back-to-back for both teams. So shout out to the schedule makers for making this probably a slow, sloggy kind of game. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I don't know. I, I would imagine Dreisaitl probably has an off night tonight. And uh, Nugent Hopkins gets four points. You're flirting with me, aren't you, Dan? <laughs> I am. Uh, another thing that's obvious note for tonight's game, Jack Campbell gets his first start since December 1st. So my question for all of you guys is what do you need from Jack tonight, Liam? I need him to stop more pucks than the other guy <laughs> and the others to win with him. Like it just honestly kind of came across as a joke, but realistically, <laughs> like just play fine, just be fine. And hopefully the team can play well in front of him. The Oilers should play better in front of Jack Campbell than they do in front of Skinner. Because they should want to help that guy out. They should want it more. Like, it's, I don't think that's wrong to say. Cam, what do you expect from Jack Campbell tonight? What do I expect or what do I want? Both. Uh, you know, I'd love to see him have a big game, but it's been so long now. I've, I still feel like they're going to they're gonna win, and it's going to be just like the last time he played Nashville, which was, I think they won 7-4. Says here he allowed four goals on 23 shots, which is good for an 826 save percentage. I kind of feel like we're in line for that because even some of the better games he did have when he was playing before the two weeks off is the Oilers had a whole bunch of uh, they got a whole bunch of goals um, from the opponents disallowed. So there were technically more goals allowed than were actual goals. If you want to look at it that way, it's kind of flawed logic, not perfect logic, but whatever. I'm expecting Campbell to come up with a win in which he plays kind of eh, and we're like. We're sitting here tomorrow being like, you know what? Maybe that's a confidence builder. And we're kind of just, ah, uh, Dan, you know, 
Uh, three goals against or less. That's what I'm hoping for from Jack Campbell. Nothing more, nothing less than that. I'm going to say, Todd, before I get to you, I'm just going to say two goals. Yeah. Like any more than two goals. I'm just going to be a little bit bummed out about it. He's had a couple of weeks of work in practice. Hasn't played since the first. I kind of, this is what I need from him is to show that not that there's competition necessarily between him and Stuart Skinner, but that he gets a little bit pissed off that his job has been taken from him and that he wants to wrestle it back. I want to see a little fire, you know, Tyler. Uh, yeah. 900 or better save percentage for me. That's all. Man, that is a low bar we're talking here. That's the bar, though. That I think Campbell will eventually be fine. He'll have a hot streak. He's just a streaky goalie. I think we all kind of knew that when he was coming in. I don't think we expected this to be what he's been so far, but I don't think there's, like, reason to be fully out on this guy yet. Like, Oh, I'm not out got a got a long runway still for me. We got this five million reasons not to be. Well, and he's not yeah. going anywhere, regardless of what others fans want to say in panicked moments. You don't think they're going to buy him out in December of the first year of his contract? I thought that was the thing that was going to happen. Well, I think it happens all the time. So <laughs> That's a normal thing yeah. that it's NHL just totally teams normal, do. Dude. Yeah, I made a five-year, $25 million commitment. You had 11 bad starts, so out you go. That's uh, mm-hmm. that's that's how I'm serious sure. teams operate. I, I'm sure Daryl Cates would just love the idea <laughs> yeah. to buy out Jack Campbell. Yep. Yeah. That's- and nice uh, eight years of dead space on the cap. No problem. Also, again, this is a thing that usually happens in December. If you pay attention to what teams do, they're often buying guys out in December. It happens frequently. It's like there's probably already been at least 10 or 12 instances this season in which teams are buying out players in December. Yep. What other keys you guys got for tonight's game against Nashville? I know what, again, we're not going to go too, too much into it because by the time you listen to this, the game is probably on or over. But what else you got? For me, the PK has got to be better. Somehow we are at 71.2% on the PK. We've improved from 28th to 27th, but it is oh, yeah. still a disaster when down a man. Who's below us? I will pull that up for you in a second, Liam. What else you got for keys to the game? Find your offense. Get back rolling again. You score. How many did they score on Friday? Four? Five. 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 And then you scored eight against Arizona. And then you just come up dry yesterday with just one. And that was almost disallowed. Like they just got to play a bit better. Another thing like, is just collectively like, as a team to that point, just like, again, shoot from the parking lot. I say that all the time, but you can't have periods where you get six shots. Yeah. I don't care who you're playing. That's not a recipe for success. And to answer the question, the teams below the others on the PK Liam are the Sabres in 28th Kraken in 29th. Canucks in 30th, Blues in 31st, and Ducks dead last in 30th. You know what? Those were not the teams I was expecting to hear. I was really hoping you'd say Nashville. Yeah. Well, I think they're pretty low, actually. Nashville's 18th in penalty kill at 78.26. Maybe it's a power play that's right now near the bottom. Yeah, they're 16% on the power play. Yeah. Dan, you got any keys to the game that we haven't mentioned yet? Just something that the Oilers need to do to execute to make sure they get two points tonight? No, I'm, I'm my key again is is what you guys have said is just shoot the damn lights out. Uh, this team uh, just needs to shoot the puck more. And when Connor McDavid is in the mix for 50 goals in 50 games, you got to get him shooting the puck more. So more pucks on net. Moving along. Can I just bring up something? I want to promote one of our new podcasts on the network. Sure. We have a new podcast puck poolies with Steven Ellis and Matt Larkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, their second ever episode dropped today. They had Michael Buble on. Yeah. I met Michael Buble once. Okay, well, 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. He's on Pug Poolies. I just found that crazy. I find it fascinating that Michael Buble and Matt Larkin are like close buddies. Like they play in a fantasy hockey league together. They talk all the time. How? Well, how did you meet him? I met him in uh, Stanley Park. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is a true hey. story. Would you like me to tell it? Sure. I think you have on the show before, but continue. So I was in Stanley Park. This was like 2015. What were you doing? Just relaxing right? in the sun? I had recently been to the aquarium. This is Vancouver you're talking about? Yep, Vancouver. Okay. The big V. And we were <laughs> there and I was sat on this bench and this guy and his family walk up to the ice cream booth. And I'm Was like, he crooning? Like, <laughs> and you're like, hey, I know that guy. Yeah, that's how I recognized him. So then, anyway, I was with my two friends and I said, oh, that's Michael Bublé. I was like, we should go say hello. So we went over, um, bless you, and we said, hi, Michael. Sorry to bother you. Could we grab a quick picture? And he said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, oh, okay, no worries. So then we like... So I guess Took I love Malta too. He was like, when I'm with my family, I'm dad. Like I'm not Michael Bublé. I was like, okay, fair enough. Like he was with his kids or whatever. And I didn't just walk up to his table. Like he was separated from the family at that point. You separated from him from, him from the family? <laughs> yeah. Like your other two friends grabbed him physically. <laughs> like the Oilers should be trying to separate Yesapuliarvi from the team. Yep. So then, what so would then, that entail? What do you so mean then, by that? We go to leave. Or we're like, okay, no worries. Thanks. Uh, anyways, and he's like, oh, where are you guys going? He's like, we can chat. So then we started talking about hockey because he's like part owner of like the Vancouver Giants or at least yeah. was at that point. Huge hockey fan. Yeah, so we just started shooting a shit about hockey. Great guy. Never got a picture. A lot of my friends actually don't believe me that I met him. Luckily, I have two witnesses. Well, it does sound suspect. Yeah. So wait, you were with two friends when you met him and your other friends don't believe him. How many friends do you have? Are you just bragging? Yeah, it sounds like this is an I've opportunity for Liam to brag about all his four friends. 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 Friends, Danish football friend, football friend. I just, we need to come up. (laughs) We need to have a segment just for Liam. That is, did I ever tell you about? And then it's just something new. Honestly, yeah. Like we've been derailed a few times on this podcast. I feel like we should just corner all this into one piece of content. Yeah. What what other things have happened to you? No. (laughs) In life, did I ever tell you about the time that I? Tyler wants to talk about Jesse Pugliarby. What do you think about the numbers? What do they say? <laughs> no, actually, I want to talk about uh, the salary cap. What? <laughs> Frank Saravalli down at the Board of Governors meeting. Uh, you know, there was some initial optimism maybe a couple months ago that salary cap could jump up four and a half million dollars this what? season. Good news if you're Ken Holland and the Oilers. Or is it? What? Gary Bettman speaking to the media today saying that the NHLPA still owes the NHL about uh, 70 million bucks. What? And that now the cap might only go up 1 million instead of three and a half. What? Thoughts? He's a hot guy. (laughs) I think. There's so many buttons. I am not surprised at all that it's not been paid back. I'm not surprised it's just like at this point. But I also think, so I think this was maybe a bit of a negotiating thing from Bettman where if you're the NHLPA, and you are short $70 million from paying this back. Mm-hmm. And the difference is cap goes up one mil if you don't, four and a half if it does. Three and a half million times 32 teams is three, six, nine. Shit. Uh, three and a half million times 30. It's going to be like 105. 112 million. Yep. So if you just pay back the 70 million, what? I know not every team is going to spend the extra money. So that is a part of this, but you could potentially open up $112 million for salaries. But do you think so many of the big guys are just like, oh, I'm already locked up for seven years. It doesn't even matter to me. If you get paid, you don't care Maybe. about the other guys getting paid. You've already but you paid. should stay, do good by your union. But do they, does there mm. ever, it's, it's not like they're no the major league baseball players association. Like the NHL does, the NHLPA is not a strong union compared to the other leagues. 
Like they, the other thing about this that's really weird to me is you just welcomed in a team into the league at $500 million is what the Kraken paid to come in. Is that not hockey related revenue? Is the NHL just convinced the NHL PA that's, that's, that's not what that is. It's an expansion fee. It doesn't make any sense to me. How nice is that, how is that not hockey related revenue? Mm-hmm. It's a nice little cash bonus seems for un- the rich guys. It just seems, un- oh, it, I, I don't know. It just seems like a little nefarious on the part of the league. So looking at, I, by the way, Tyler, I completely believe that this is a negotiation tactic from Batman. He's not dumb. You know, everyone what I mean? wants the cap to go up. So they're going to make it happen. Like I just, I think we're going to see the cap go up four and a half million. It's just a matter of them cutting some sort of deal where the NHL just says, yeah, obviously we're going to let you repay the debt in an extra year. Let's inflate the cap a little. This is, this, yeah, this is Batman being Batman. This Welcome is the way six more expansion teams into the league and it will be fine. As long as the Coyotes get two or three more arenas before they move. <laughs> Give Arizona how, another oh, team how, to continue playing at Mullet Arena when the Coyotes move into their new arena. How about the Yote CEO? Did you guys see that? Xavier mm-hmm. Gutierrez? How he was like, somebody bit my finger off of the Mullet Arena. No, someone had no. their finger bitten oh, off. Oh, <laughs> you missed oh. You missed a very important part of that quote. Liam, <laughs> yeah, you know, he was his talking finger. about CEO a person that was in the brawl, not the CEO. I was watching, I thought, I don't see him. And I thought, why would he be sat there? Liam's like, why aren't more people talking about a CEO getting his finger bitten off? It's cool when they do it. The coyote CEO had his finger bitten off by a real coyote. (laughs) Do you know what's weird though? Like, obviously, there's a lot that's weird in that situation. Like, if you haven't seen the video Pete Blackburn posted, go check that out because it is a wild scrap. I've been to a lot of hockey games in my life. There's never been one time when I've been so mad that I'm going to bite someone's finger off. Depends where it is. Where the finger is? Say never. Go on, Liam. <laughs> Expand upon your thoughts. Did Liam ever tell you about the one time he bit off a guy's finger? Yeah. You bit off Michael Bublé's finger while he was in dad mode? <laughs> Fuck It's because he didn't take a picture. Got real mad, bit his finger off, and I can't play the piano. This is episode 9,360. Yep. This is an excellent podcast. This is why you subscribe, people. This is what happens when they play the Minnesota Wild three times in the span of like eight days. Like, come on. Yeah. All the makers fault. That was that was that was fucked. Let's talk about something else that happened last night. By the way, going back to the cap, if it only goes up a million bucks, the Oilers got you know they got some work to do. Here's what we've got on the to do list for the offseason, boys. Yes, Pulley RFA. He's just gone. Long term deal. Yep, probably. Okay, eight, but nine, eight I, years. Could you imagine if he signs like a four by four? Oh. <laughs> no, you may be in Liga, but again, I was listening to Bob Stoffer show today. Shoot me if you must. Um, and he's talking to Frank and, <laughs> and he said this time last year, Pugliarvi had 23 points in 28 games. And even our show, we were having discussions about like, so would Pugliarvi accept eight by five? Probably not. Like, thank God we are. Thank God we're just coaching the team, not managing it. So there's number one. You got to assume he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. Derek Ryan, UFA, probably gone. I'd keep him, but sorry, continue on. We'll be here all day. Otherwise, Matthias Yanmark, <laughs> UFA. <laughs> that's, that's what's really extending this podcast is the actual <laughs> hockey talk. Hey, Liam. Well, if we want to talk about Derek Ryan, we can talk about him. Our boy, Clean Costin, RFA. Got to keep him. He's yep. back. Yep. He's four back. by four. 
Eight by eight. Yeah. Eight by eight. Why not? Get the term. Yeah. Give him the, uh, yeah. Give him the, uh, Eric Carlson, mm-hmm. Evan Bouchard, RFA. That one could get costly depending on what they do. Chances are a bridge deal coming. Ryan Murray. I forgot he's on this team, to be honest. Ryan McLeod, RFA. You, you owe him too. Ryan yeah. McLeod. He did just all yeah, of this he year. Yeah. All Here's actually a couple of interesting ones. Oscar Stewart Kleppbaum. Skinner is the last one. Oscar Clefbaum and Mike Smith are both UFAs. Bring them back. Yeah. <laughs> I wish new deal for Clef bomb and also Lucic and Sakara come off the books next year. Sexy reds. That's 2 million bucks there. So Oilers are going to have some interesting decisions to make provided that it only goes up a million bucks. But again, there's going to be a lot of teams in this kind of, you know, it's an interesting that, contract negotiation. Sorry, go ahead, Dan, you go first. Then I'll go. I was, I was just going to ask, does that mean Milan Lucic is a free agent and we can bring him in? And then you could say that the trade of Taylor hall was actually for Lucic twice. <laughs> I thought the flames were signing him to an extension. There was all that talk at the yeah. beginning of the year. He was so good. Multi a deal. Yeah. They're going to bring him back for five more years for some reason. So they the, should do that. The deal is actually Taylor hall for Yessa Pugliarvi, <laughs> although maybe whatever they trade for him. Larson and Lucic and Lucic, but then Lucic again. Yeah. I like that, Dan. Did you see, uh, there you go. The hit Taylor hall. Nick Suzuki gave Taylor hall last night. No. Yeah, we sure did. It was like Nick Suzuki gave Taylor hall last night. He hit about a couple. Uh, Oh, maybe it was a couple of days ago, but he hit him and it was like right across the blue line. And Nick Suzuki was like trying to get out of the way, but like definitely hit him in the head. Right. Dan, did you see it? That wasn't, it wasn't Taylor Hall. That was last night. I was trying to bring it up. That I'm was pretty sure it was last night. Thought. No, because Nick Suzuki hit him. Oh, hit who? Taylor Hall. They wasn't didn't play Hall? each other last night. They played Calgary last night. Montreal played Calgary. But uh, what's his name? Zadorov absolutely destroyed somebody at center ice and then Cole Caulfield also got. Kadri. Yeah. Kadri. It was Kadri last night. That was it. That was close. Okay. Kadri, Taylor Hall, same, same. same. Some Habs fans called 911. No, they didn't. But some people were trying to say that uh, Suzuki should be suspended. Habs fans calling 911 because they're constantly dying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, think about Nick Suzuki. He's the captain of the Habs. Like, how bad is that trade? Oh, yeah. Especially considering Vegas had to give him up, give up Patrick for nothing. Yeah, for free. Like, what a horrible trade. Didn't the Habs eventually flip Thomas Tatar for more picks? Yeah, they got yeah. their first round pick for that. Like, that is a tremendous trade treat from the Habs, and they're now fired general manager, whoever that was. The point I wanted to get to, we were talking about contracts. Stuart Skinner needs a new deal. Yeah. How do you think this one plays out? Especially if he's just keeps cruising as he is, you know? He's the with our starter right now. Nobody probably expected it. Although maybe we should. Good news for us is the Oilers are playing like shit in front of him. <laughs> Did mm-hmm. Jack Campbell, the first year he got really good. Well, that was a contract year, wasn't it? When he was at the Leafs? I'm starting to think of like a comparable. Yeah, of I'm like looking for some comparable made. goalies coming off of because Skinner's finished the entry deal. This is his two-year deal he signed after the entry deal. So there's two more years of control left. So I'm going to look for a goalie that's about- You know who's an interesting comparable? Hot hot. Alex Nedeljkovic. Sure. Similar round pick, had a great run with Carolina in one year, but that was kind of it. And he ended up signing, I think, a three-year, $3 million deal with Detroit or two-year, $3 million bucks. So you're maybe looking at that or also in Carolina, Pyotr Kochetkov, mm. goalie prospect, got off to a really good start, played great against the Oilers that one night, got a four-year, $2 million deal. I think we're looking for Skinner like four years by three. Because if that's the case, then you've got your goaltending locked in at $8 bucks. So you're happy uh, with that. Yeah. 
But more realistically, what's probably going to happen is I'll sign him to a two-year deal that walks him right to unrestricted free agency. If we're being honest, that'd be smarter. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what old Dutch did with Darnell Nurse. It was back-to-back bridge deals. So that would be my guess. <sighs> yeah. I'd like to think that there's some lessons to be learned here somewhere, but I don't did know if he there signed? are. I thought did Nurse Dutch got signed? two two different. But did it come from Holland? I thought Pistol first Pete, one was Chirelli. The first Pete, bridge yeah. deal yeah. was Chirelli. That was after the playoff. The was playoff the year second in seventeen. Holland? And then the second one was Holland in 2019-20, right before COVID. Right, mm-hmm. because then he was getting COVID. And, and then, then everyone was like, oh, we got to sign right. him. And then they signed him for nine years and he wasn't that good. Uh, nine million. And he wasn't great last year. Yeah, Let's first- talk about Darnell Nurse because last night during the game, the clip that is going everywhere came from Jordan Greenway saying, paraphrasing, you make nine million bucks and you don't do shit. I personally thought it was hilarious. I love when those kinds of chirps come through on TV. I don't care what so the funny. team is. I just think they're hilarious. Didn't Nurse, was it Nurse that beat up Greenway a couple of years ago? I believe so. Yeah. Take that, Jordan Greenway. Mm-hmm. But also, like, how is that an insult? He's making $9 million. Who cares what he's done? He's making that money. You're not. Well, that's what there was a couple of people last night in the B-Cast was just like, makes Darnell Nurse look kind of smart to me. Yeah. <laughs> not doing a whole lot Work for Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. Yeah, he's, done, he's done something, right? Like, uh, I think it's a fine chirp. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. you're it's overpaid, you suck. It's whatever. It's good. You know what else is good, Tyler? According to Gary Bettman, the digital board ads are good, according to a focus group that nobody's seen. <laughs> Who would possibly say, so Gary Bettman says today that they've, they've done some polling that says that the board ads, the, the animated ones have improved the experience of watching the game. How could that possibly improve your experience? If anything, at best, it would just be neutral, right? Like, how could you sit there and be like, yeah, like there's an animated ad now. I like this. Like who gives a shit? I find them jarring. Like even the ones when they're not glitchy and like the board ads are six feet off the board. When they start getting animated and moving around and stuff, it drives me crazy. The car looks like it's driving into a player. Yeah. Weird. It's like, why is there a car loose on the end? And what were you going to say? I was going to say the quote from Wachinski, the tweet was Batman says the digital dashboard ad backlash is a non-issue because their polling indicates fans find games more watchable with those digital ads replacing physical ones. How? So like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the inclusion of more watchable there. Yeah. That part, like, it, like it, at uh, the best you if you've had the neutral. chance of going into the arena since they've implemented this on television, I feel there's a certain amount of like calmness that the arena has that the TV no longer affords. I actually went ahead and did my own polling yep. and I found out that, that hang on. How many people were in the focus group? Several. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That pe- the listeners of this podcast mm-hmm. enjoy it more when we pause for an ad. How fucking dare you? <laughs> we were on a roll. Totally threw off our momentum. Uh, I compared this just going back to what we were talking about before that ad break. Um, so like someone gets a really bad haircut and comes up to you and is like, Hey, do you like my haircut? And you're like, yep, looks great. Even though it doesn't, I feel like the NHL is asking me like, Hey, do you like the board ads? And they're like, sure. Why can't they ask me? I tell them they look like shit. Yeah. They're t- I don't need Who's his focus group. The owners. Yeah. The owners are just like, I love the way the more money's coming in. I don't know. why. He actually sound. asked the advertisers if they think it's more watchable this way. Yeah, it's just we, there's no we asked 90 people who work for marketing agencies if they like <laughs> digital board ads. <laughs> we asked all the sales reps that are selling digital board ads if they prefer the digital board ads and they say yes. <sighs> but but you were talking about it off air, Bag Milk, and I think what's going to be really fun is the now internal economy that has been created by these by these digital board ads that now local arenas are going to be selling the board space for just hyper local advertisement instead of, you know, 
they were having like staples and Tim Hortons and all those companies advertising. I think you're going to start to see like mom and pop shops advertising now in Edmonton arenas. Well, Steel wheels, rock and roll pizzeria. Well, and you have <laughs> to like imagine that the cost, the price of those ads has dropped significantly. If you actually want one on the boards in the arena, how much would you yeah. pay for one? Six, maybe $7. <laughs> Just my face. I put Tyler's face on there for $7. Me too. I'd do that. I would, I would, I would, I would pay at least 10 bucks for that. I'll double that. 20, 50. We should put a thing on Twitter milk, right now and get everybody being like, all right, we're going to buy board ad space at the Edmonton Oilers with a picture of Tyler. It doesn't say anything. There's no message. It's just his face. And how much money can we raise to do that? And if we can't do it with the Oilers, maybe we try and do it for a dinky franchise like the Sens or the Coyotes. I was going to say the Oilers Flames. just... <laughs> it was probably shoot down that idea from us, but I yeah. bet you we could sneak it past another lackadaisical team. We could sneak if it we're past watching, the Sens right now. Yeah, I was going to say, if there's a Sens game on and you just see Tyler's face in the corner with no context, it would be the greatest thing we've ever seen. Like thought. we just see the banked milk guy. <laughs> yeah. Like who's even running the Sens now? It's Melnick's two daughters and they're in like their early Ryan 20s. Reynolds. It's going to be Ryan Reynolds. But not yet. I like the NHL telling prospective buyers like, hey, by the yeah. way, you need to include Ryan Reynolds. Like Tyler, doesn't that, isn't that how any offer works? You just tell them who you want to be a part of it wait that's what they're doing there's a report yeah. from i think it was from bruce garriock that was like the nhl is telling all these billionaires like "Ooh, if we give you like if your bid wins you have to include ryan reynolds how about uh vegas is on a buying bournemouth fc how about and it michael b jordan is also part of it so he needs so the new thing now is like an actor is the figurehead for yeah it's kind of like very wealthy to the do kraken have Macklemore, yeah, Marshawn Lynch, mm-hmm. and Russell Wilson are all involved. They all own like one percent of the team. Yeah, yeah. Well, as again, it goes to Ryan. Started Reynolds, with the Miami Marlins opening day, dresses Deadpool. Everybody's having a good time. Yeah, you know, he owns that other soccer team. It's quite a good documentary if you're looking for yep. something. It's great show. That's actually, like a they make really division, good content. Third Wrexham, right? Fifth, Wrexham FC. They make really good content. That's like rec league. They're, they're not in like the football league pyramid anymore. Oh, yeah. So this is like a rec league. It's the last professional league in England. Oh, not ever, but like the lowest. So like all the other professional leagues have stopped and now they're just using that one. <laughs> yes. <Okay>, enough. <laughs> Tyler. It's the last yeah. stop before you retire. <laughs> For our friends at Tourism Jasper, I hate to kill the fun boys, but we got word association coming up and mm-hmm. now people at Tourism Jasper, they want to plug before we go into a signature segment here. So for our friends at Tourism Jasper, go check them out at jasper.travel. There's a whole lot of deals right now to be in the mountains, including a half price lift ticket to Marmot Basin. Come on. Best deal in the Canadian Rockies is back for 2022-2023. Save 50% off regular price adult, senior, student, and youth lift tickets all or every day, all season, with no blackout dates. Jasper.travel. Go get yourself some passes to the mountains. One of my favorite places on earth. You might even see me there. Probably not, but maybe. I'll be going to Jasper in January. Me too. Gonna be a good time. Mm-hmm. Separately though, right, Tyler? Pardon? You're not going with bag milk, are you? No, we're going together. Depends what the car. Oh, I thought you were like. refusing everything with bag milk these days. Yeah, that is true. It kills yeah, all my on. dreams. How was it? What's that? The, the FIS Big Air World Cup? Didn't yeah. Go. yeah, I didn't get a go because my date left me. And I was, oh, yeah, I was heartbroken. Yes. Yeah. That's a shame. Wait, what happened? I was supposed to go oh, on a date Jesus. with Tyler to the FIS Big Air World Cup presented by Toyota and Explorer Edmonton. But then at the last minute, Tyler decided he was going to celebrate St. Patrick's Day in December. I wanted to go to that. Nobody, nobody asked me. Oh, I had two tickets. We could have gone. Bagnot could have asked you. Maybe I wanted to show. go. Mm. See, now the problem is that now that Tyler's here, you're always asking him to do stuff instead of me. 
I see Tyler more than you, to be honest. Yeah, it's true. It's a pretty long trek for me to get into the office. But you also see often. me more than you see Bang Milk. I do. Yeah, we all see Tyler a lot. What's, yeah, that, what's that all about? I'm always around. Chances are, like yes, a pulley RV. We just need to get rid of him. <laughs> we should put Tyler on waivers. <laughs> Claimed by Jets Nation. Claimed by the copper and blue. Yeah, now you're. Yeah, you work at Jets Nation now, and you're doing Jets Nation every day. Just you, though. I can't come. <laughs> no, we're keeping Liam. <laughs> Of course, Liam is known as better Tyler on the real life podcast. Right. Right. Is it British well, Tyler? When you're not a better Tyler. I'm excited for Chalmers to be here. English on, Tyler. Uh, Thursday to talk to him about that game. Cause I had a couple of responses. <laughs> we wrap this up. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm waiting for word association. Yeah, we're I'm waiting just, for word association. Right, Tyler, yeah. this is your time to shine. Do you want to just go straight into BJN radio and just chop them? <laughs> yeah, probably. All right. Uh, we are going to start with Liam. We're going to go Liam, bag milk, Dan, and then Cam. Liam bag milk. And Dan. you're not in this Tyler. I'll and you're not going to do it. Okay. Here we go. Leon Dreisaitl taking on the predators. Deadly. Feeling hot, hot, hot. Dan. Hashtag fund. Hockey. Dominant. <laughs> you not playing. Oh, I did. I played the hot, hot, hot. Oh, fun. yeah. I that was, was just like- I, I'm speaking through Michael Scott's art. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, we already covered this one earlier as well, but how will Jack Campbell play tonight? Well. <laughs> Dan? I can't tell when buttons are done, just so you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to like read off of your guys' faces when the button is done. Uh, what is the question? Oh, meh. Sorry. Meh is the answer. How will Campbell play tonight? Holy. Cold. I have low expectations. Goalie, <laughs> Goalie is true. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Christmas music? What, what month? Right now. Joyful. The big guy is smoking hot. Cheery. Christmas. Repetitive. <laughs> this segment's already done. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, you got a bonus word for no us? There's no way anyone listens to the. People are closed now. No well, one's this deep into the podcast. Liam can... did try to take over the segment, so I'm going to give Liam one bonus word here. And I'm going to go first, and then we will have Dan, and then Tyler, and then Cam. Zootopia. What the hell is going on? Dan? Underrated. Yep. Unknown. <laughs> Fruitopia. Ooh. Oh, nice. What's your flavor? Uh, I like the orange kind. I like the green kind. The thing that I really like doing is, and you guys are going to think this is weird, but you go to a McDonald's and you fill your pop Uh, up. Yep. Two thirds root beer, one third orange fruitopia. I shit you not. It is so good. Oh, that actually might be okay. It it takes a little bit of the the, the, the spiciness out of the root beer. Now it's a little spicy. It's a little intense. <laughs> why Calms it down. Why is it spicy? <laughs> you know, gotta wrap this. Up. There's a lot of people out there that are being held back from drinking root beer by its spiciness. It's too spicy, man. Like this yeah. is the whitest thing I've ever said. We yeah. gotta wrap this up. <laughs> Any final thoughts tonight? We're gonna wrap it up with Absolutely. a score prediction against the Nashville Predators. I got a four-two win, Liam. Eight four Oilers. Dan. Six three Oilers. Tyler. Five one. Coomsy. Nine six. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram.